People, welcome to Probably Science. I am currently in Andy's backyard. I'm Matt Kirsch, and here's Andy Wood. Yep, I'm here. We're, we're, we're a little bit too hot. It's a little bit uncomfortable, but we can't be inside for reasons we'll get into in a little bit. So we're back at the, in the back patio. First, uh, first one recorded together in a good month. It's been too long. Yeah. It yeah. has been a while. It is just the two of us, though, because uh, here's the other big bit of news. <laughs> Brooks Whelan. Uh, remember Brooks? Who was the co-host Wait, of the show this? in theory? Brooks Whelan. Brooks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Curly like his, yeah, his face is still in the logo uh-huh, picture thing. Right. Technically, he still has higher billing in the author of authorship of this podcast in yep. iTunes. It's yep. his name comes before Brooks yours. Brooks Whelan, yep. uh, who hasn't been on the show for a good year, uh, he's not going to be able to do the show in the next few weeks. Uh, I, I, I did. I did reveal this last week. You did reveal yeah, it, but it's still pretty awesome. He's he's uh, he's in New York now, about to start writing for SNL. That's crazy. So That's he's crazy. over there. We're in LA, where it is painfully hot. Um, and I think we should probably get. Do we have any anyone to thank? Any? Oh, we do. We actually we, had one more. Uh, this I think people. This uh, whole don- donating thing has become addictive. So uh, um, we've had more donations. I feel like in the last month or two than in all the rest of the time we've been doing this combined. Which is totally um, cool. Thank you so much, yeah. everyone who helps us make this show and helps us put it out there. Um, if you do want to donate, there is a. Um, little button at probablyscience.com a little donate button that you can click on and chuck us some money that helps with the hosting and uh, helps our you know probably science attire right (laughs) our official clothing that we have to wear for all our shows Uh, and we have uh, Peter Hobley was the most recent donor Peter Hobley and and Mac Matt Garvin as well, or did you thank him last week? I think we thanked him last week. Well, yeah. Matt, you get a double thanks, because we're thanks. not entirely sure whether we thanked you last week. But thank you so much, and thank you everyone for listening. And also, those of you who want to support the show without chucking us any money, just go on iTunes and write nice things about us and give us nice ratings and tell your friends, and that's a very easy way to support us. Uh, but that's enough admin at the top. Should we? Yep. Intru- We've got two guests. I'm very excited about both of them. Me too. Uh, first of all, let, let's go across the table, just because it's a, it's a fellow countryman. For all those... For all those Americans who think I'm posh, we have <laughs> a, a proper posh British person, an incredibly funny uh, comedian, character comic, uh, actor, and improviser, uh, originally from the UK, where you might recognize him from numerous TV shows, and now over here, where he's starting to make great headway, uh, Mr. Humphrey Kerr. Hello. See? There. <laughs> Already. So Already you picked up from my, my greeting that uh, I'm a proper person who brought up the correct way. <laughs> Six foot seven of pure class. He's that's a tall that's gentleman me. as well. Yeah. According yeah, to Wikipedia. See me, I don't see me in my top trust. hat, <laughs> <laughs> which I have to wear. That's the rule. <laughs> Even in this heat, a gentleman. Of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't swap silk for linen in this sort <laughs> of weather. It's right. the day after Labor Day, no white to be seen on his body. He knows the rules. Yep. No, no, no. I mean, I'm showing quite a lot of flesh, but it is tan, <laughs> it is tan, tan. tan. <laughs> um, and... Uh, are you the tallest? I think you might be the tallest, probably, science guest we've had. That's I hope so. True. That has might the, be true. Has there been taller? Wait, did did we get Shaquille O'Neal on yet, or was that... That's next month. Yeah, he's okay. not... Yeah, yeah. He kept putting it off on account of not knowing who we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and That sad. laugh... I'll answer this guy. Uh, I had the pleasure of performing at the High Plains Comedy Festival with our other guest last week, two weeks ago, in Denver, Colorado. Um, he is the host of the popular podcast and live show Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction and former writer for the horrible person Joan Rivers. <laughs> it's Brian Cook. What's up, guys? <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. Sorry I'm not more posh. Is that... <laughs> Is that still going on, the, the strike? The oh, yeah. 
yeah, going strong. That's, Labor Day, y'all. That's why you're here now, isn't it? Otherwise, you'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be super busy otherwise. Busy no- knocking out jokes about peplum skirts. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even know what that is? I have a girlfriend, everybody. <laughs> I couldn't wait to bring it up. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise I'd be uh, doing exactly that. You wrote no. for Fashion Police, and uh-huh. you guys were being paid uh, slave wages, basically. Slave wages, uh, <laughs> yep. Paid so little it was illegal. Uh, that was... What, I, I saw you made, You guys made a YouTube clip, and I, I had a look at it, like a YouTube video uh, mm. explaining your position and and, uh, and stating your case. And I had a look at the comments underneath, which is a thing you should never do, but Which I, I did not. <laughs> Just got... But there, there, there are more than a few people who are going... Uh, this is my favorite non-argument, because you see it in so many... Uh, walks of life yeah. that people going why should we care about these like Hollywood right I'm sure they're still making a decent living what about people <laughs> working in supermarkets in the middle or in, on a coal mine right I mean that's also bad also bad that is also <laughs> yeah. bad like that doesn't it's not a zero sum game it doesn't like if, if suddenly the writers of Joan Rivers Fashion Police get decent way, wages and get unionized and have health care that doesn't mean that the people working for Walmart <laughs> now won't be able to in fact right. like the more people who are unionized the yeah. better well, it's amazing that the people who write those comments seem to think that if the money didn't go to us, it would go to them. Right. right. When, in fact, it goes to fucking billionaires. <laughs> right. That's where that money's going. And that also, you know, McDonald's uh, uh, workers have been threatening to strike or maybe striking in some parts of the country. Right. And the Internet comments and all of the op-ed pieces you see about that or even just the company's defense – is well, this isn't supposed to be a living wage. It's supposed to be an entry level position. You're not supposed to be able to live off of it. Guess what they also say about comedy writers for a fucking hit TV show on <laughs> E Networks starring a comedy legend? Exact same thing. So we can't win, guys. We're all screwed. Yeah. And that, that argument as well is like going. It's, it's like if someone complained about the crime in their neighborhood yeah. and the police commissioner just went, well, it's a lot worse in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. like, go yeah. to Johannesburg. Yeah. Like there's murders every day. Right. <laughs> Like it doesn't. It's not an argument. It, right. Like the more people who are treated well in the world, the the more the people who don't get treated well will stand out. Right. Like if if you're a Walmart or whatever, and you're the only company that is left without healthcare or unionization, yeah, that company looks terrible. It's in your favor for more people to be treated well. Yeah, right. it's like that famous story about uh, uh, Karl Marx was traveling on a train with a with a young student, and uh, they saw all the people getting onto first class. And, uh, and the student was like, oh, when the revolution comes, they'll all travel in third class like us. And Karl Marx turned around and went, fuck those guys. I want to get paid more money. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It's essentially like that, isn't it? It's basically the same principle. I, did, yeah. I hadn't heard that one. That seems yeah. very very in his voice. I can yeah, yeah, see yeah. that. Well, it was in German or something. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the same. I, I used to live next to High, right by Highgate Cemetery, which is where Marx is buried. And I never went. I don't know why. It's like a very famous cemetery where a huge number of famous people are buried. But it, I think that's on his tombstone, right? That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. that noise. Fuck, fuck those guys. I want to get paid more money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and That's then great. dollar, dollar bills <laughs> in, in brackets underneath, and the German from Make It Rain. Yeah, <laughs> das ist Rhein. I don't know. That's not. Mm. I don't know. Okay, no. I'm sorry, German oh, listeners. Boy. I don't know. I think that is the River Rhine, is what you just. Yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. I'm so fan of geography. All I know is how to sing "Mein Hut der hat Dreiecken," which is the German version of "My Hat It Has Three Corners." <laughs> in grade school, I know for that, some reason, uh, ice bar means uh, polar bear. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Almost a cognate. Or it is, I guess, probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably means ice bear. 
I probably. <laughs> yeah, they're very, li- they're very literal people. Because <laughs> you can also get ice bars, which are bars in in sort of Arctic Circle regions that are made entirely of ice, like sort of like an igloo version of a bar, and you go in and and the bar is made of ice and yeah. everything's ice. Oh yeah, yeah, whole hotels. A lot yeah. of yeah. yeah, there's ice hotels. You probably yep. don't. Yeah. Want to accidentally? No, a lot of German tourists get killed that way. Voice <laughs> <laughs> an ice bar. Oh, uh, that way. No cover. <laughs> it's very cheap to get in. Um, we yeah. we always ask our guests this before we get started. Uh, what, if any, is your science background? We've had wildly varied answers to this one. Uh, none. My dad is a high school biology teacher, so I grew up around a dude hmm. with a science background. But personally, I've got I've got nothing. You I mean, didn't even have to. Uh, did you go to the same high school where he taught? Yeah, I had him twice. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it was fine. Really? All my friends know me. It wasn't really weird. Oh wow. Yeah. No stories at all from that that were strange. Nothing. Uh... Um, from having my dad as a teacher, not really. I guess no. I there was a, there was another teacher who definitely like rode me because he was her boss. He was like the department head. Oh. And she fucking hated me because she hated him. That was chemistry. I was terrible at it anyway, so I withdrew very quickly from that class. I thought when you said that was chemistry, I thought, <laughs> she yeah. fancied you. They're married now. Right. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't really... Uh, it was your dad a harsh boss? Can you be objective and... Uh... I couldn't. I could not fathom him being a harsh boss. No, no, not at all. I can't see how anger wouldn't run in, in the Cook family. Huh? You, you know, it doesn't come from that side, I'll tell you that. Brian has a reputation for being angry, but I think it's just that your on-stage persona is is uh, a- angry. Loud. I guess is the word. Yeah, yeah. But you're not actually. I don't walk around much. like an angry that, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. I've never seen that because I've only seen you sort of like weird like alt shows and then competitive erotic fan fiction which is very much not an angry show unless someone goes for an angry story yeah well yeah that shows very little of what I would right it's nothing that we I should probably explain what that is yeah, well, rather than just throwing that, that over. It's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah it's a show where comedians write erotic fan fiction Competitively, okay. it's pretty much all in the title. Yeah, <laughs> on topics given to them by the audience. Hey, well, half and half. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, I have to, I have to favor setlist just because I'm affiliated with it and allied with it. Like sure. setlist is still, I think, my favorite, like gimmick, gimmick show. You can say gimmick it. comedy show, <laughs> themed comedy show, but. Metaverotic runs at a very close second. Oh, like it's thank extremely you. fun. Yeah. If you haven't Verified seen it, it or listen, like get the podcast now because they can now listen to. Yep. It's all in iTunes, all in Nerdist. And it's, uh, you get to hear comedic greats write stories in half an hour's time about uh, erotic adventures with uh, Knight Rider or yeah. the 9596 Chicago Bulls. Well, the show is split into two halves, which is, the, I think, part of the joy of it. The first mm. half of the show is people who've written stuff in advance and prepared it. Correct. And then the, and at the beginning of the show, uh, just before those guys read their stories, the audience sets the other half of the comedians a challenge. So they get to pick what it is that they're writing stories right. about, and they have to go off and write it in the dressing room. And sometimes show- someone such as myself is stuck having to write a story about the Trail of Tears <laughs> <laughs> and avoiding being racist. Well, actually, probably More just ending up being racist a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really but fun you emerged show. victorious, Andy. I did win with Trail of Tears. That one's not in the podcast yet, but when it is, I'll, I'll I've, tweet about it. I only did it once, and I did the first half of the show, so I wasn't set the challenge, but I'm... I, a bit of me is dreading doing the second half and being set something that just isn't in my cultural. But you gave like, yourself so, Google Maps. Yes, <laughs> that was your topic. So I don't know what could possibly be worse than that as far as a challenge goes. Yeah, I chose the Google Map directions from my house to the venue. <laughs> but you know, incredible. sexy. Yeah. It was incredibly oh, yeah. good fun to write. Maps. Nice. Well, I mean, just hearing the title, I've already, I've got a semi. <laughs> so. I can't believe it. It's a great show. Yeah, you can subscribe at iTunes and um, and look at where's the site where you can see where upcoming shows, the live ones are. Uh, 
twitter.com slash Brian Cooking. Brian I don't have Cooking a website. With a Y. Okay. Yeah, but you, do, you travel you the country with it. And yeah, 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 I go all the country with it. It's a great show. Um, so, what is, we haven't asked what your science background is. Well, I, I like to abide by the laws of physics. <laughs> okay. But aside from that, I mean, really, I you got... You are a, sat straight above that chair, like, <laughs> yeah. directly on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm obeying the law of gravity on that one. Uh, I, I know, I got, I got a B in my GCSE for all three sciences. All right. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty terrible. It's above average. I would call a B. Uh, I call that step above average. competent, but far but, from spectacular. Yeah, like you don't want me to be the one person available to defuse a bomb through yeah. a, a series of Brownian motion involving like, <laughs> chemistry experiments. Like if you were in the hot air balloon, you'd be wanting to play up your other skills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, I could facilitate some science. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it, but I'll, I'll organize it. If anyone wants, you know... Uh, a sketch about. yeah yeah or you know if you need something dropped i can lift it higher than anyone else <laughs> and then drop it you know for like a gravity experiment or something yeah any any higher shelves that chemicals may yeah. be on yeah exactly your bunsen burner may be in an inaccessible area of the lab and i can reach it that's got to have resulted in somebody getting a career in the sciences at some point right i mean height has to be an advantage in some I in some so. way yeah there's still time. Actually, I'm still. Uh, I'm almost done reading this book that we're going to have um, the author on an upcoming show to discuss, which is about the science of elite athletics, called the sports right. gene. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I didn't realize that um, until maybe like 80 years ago, everyone assumed that the best athlete, or anything, would be the most average person because that was the ideal, like the person in the middle of the bell curve, like the really the sort of uh, is it Vitruvian man, the Da Vinci thing, you know? Like right. there's there's an ideal, and like well, obviously you want to have that ideal person in every sport. Then imagine people are like, well, maybe for some of these sports where you want to like reach something up high, it'd <laughs> maybe, be better to be tall. Maybe the really tall high jumper might <laughs> yeah, have an advantage over the five foot ten one. <laughs> Yeah, so there's kind of been this big bang of body types in sports, they've called it, where there's been this specialization where everyone realizes maybe we should find someone who's different for all these different sports, so their body actually makes them better at it, which is yeah, super Maybe the super shot logical. put guy and the right. hurdle guy shouldn't aren't necessarily the same build. Eight, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, until a long time ago, people were dumb. Until recently, people were dumb, that is, and thought that... Uh, people are still fairly people are still pretty dumb. dumb. I gotta say, they're pretty dumb. Yeah. But so, the most exactly middling dumb person slash smart person should be the scientist. Right, because right. he's in the middle. He's the ideal <laughs> exactly. man. Yeah. That's the theory of uh, presidential elections. Yeah. I just want to see the schlubby dipshit that wrote this original theory. No, man, you should look like this. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfection of the human form, right? Yeah. <laughs> Too tall. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Too now muscly. kiss the chef and leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Oh, uh, dum-dums. Um, so we got a bunch of listener suggested topics in recent weeks, but now it's been so long since we've recorded. I don't know if we should do things that are a little out of date, but but that are still interesting. Well, there's one. There was one that was from about a week or so ago that several people sent in, um, and I think it's well worth a cover. And that's uh, brain to brain. Oh yeah, the brain to brain thing, which Wait. I have some questions about. I mean, did you read the whole article? I, I, I read it a week ago when it's I first saw the story, and now I can't remember it, so you're going to have to suspect. update me. Well, the University, of, uh, the University of Washington recently performed an experiment where they essentially hooked two people's brains together and had one person think something, making another person do something. Oof. Is the sort of uh, high-level picture of it. But um, Stop it. No, it's not that. It's <laughs> Just don't do it. They use electri electrical <laughs> brain recordings and a form of magnetic stimulation to have Rajesh Rao send a brain signal to Andrea Stocco, an 
other side of the UW campus, causing Stockwell's finger to move on a keyboard. Um, and I guess researchers at Duke have demonstrated brain-to-brain communication between two rats, and Harvard researchers have done it between a human and a rat, um, but they believe this is the first demonstration of human-to-human brain interfacing. I guess they had to wait a while for the experiment for lightning to strike the exact... Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, hard. it's a waiting game. It definitely I, takes some time. Okay, weirdly enough, I did a radio show back in the UK with a guy called Professor Kevin Warwick, who is at the University of Reading. I can't believe I have a faintly relevant anecdote for this. <laughs> I mean, what are the, I, what are the chances? This guy. this guy's come off on the show before. He's like yeah. the world's first cyborg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, a, he's like a cybernetics expert. And he had a thing where he could... I'm pretty sure he and his wife, they implanted chips in themselves where they could move, make each other's hands moves, uh, moves, make their hands moves. Uh, and they, he also did a thing where he, did, he came to a conference over here in the States and managed to move one of his researchers back in Reading in the UK over like a webcam. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so this so might not be the first. The first. Yeah. Screw you. Uh, so they had Once a university of Washington Russian leads the world <laughs> in s- scary science. <laughs> <laughs> so on August 12th, they had one of these two people in the experiment sit in a lab wearing a cap with electrodes hooked up to an electroencephalo- electroencephalography machine, which reads electrical well activity in the brain. Thank you. And uh, the other experiment person, Stocko, was in his lab across campus wearing a purple swim cap marked with the stimulation site for the transcranial magnetic stimulation coil that was placed directly over his left motor cortex, which I controls... Say, like, I know this is real science, but this does feel like it, it was made by the same people who do the power balance ba- wrist balance. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like... It, well, any time a purple swim... <laughs> is right. on, like, uh, really? It's just and like weird it, science. Is it, full of, yeah. is it full of positive ions? Is that what it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the hologram that's attuned to your psyche? Right. All I know is they got electrolytes, so uh, it <laughs> must be good. Um, so yeah, they did. They put that thing on where they had that uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation coil over the part of the brain that controls hand movement, and they had a Skype connection set up so the two labs could coordinate. Although neither of, the, of Rao or Stocko could see the Skype screens, so then Rao would look at his computer screen and play a simple video game with his mind. Um, I don't know how that works. When he was supposed to fire a cannon at a target, he imagined moving his right hand, being careful not to actually move his hand causing the cursor to hit the fire button. So he's not doing it, he's imagining doing it. And then almost instantaneously, Stocko, who wore, the, who wore noise-canceling earbuds and wasn't looking at a computer screen, involuntarily moved his right index finger to push the space bar on the keyboard in front of him as if firing the cannon. So the one guy didn't even do it, he thought about doing it, making the other guy do it, which is like so... That's the part that, that makes me suspicious of this, because I don't... Be, like, how could the part of your brain that imagines doing something be so consistently... I just can't imagine that it's, it's trackable in the way that... You, I imagine you could find the part of the brain that would make your right finger do something, but I can't believe you can find the part that would, make, that would fire off when you're imagining. Without actually know, doing it. Without Stocko, doing it, yeah. Stocko compared the feeling of his hand moving involuntarily to that of a nervous tick. Um, so it was just suddenly like his finger just went like that. Yeah, did, did he manage to shoot the thing in the game? That's the question, yeah. Did he win the game or not? I don't know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe this is, I, well, I shouldn't be skeptical. I mean, I, I guess it's in a peer reviewed thing. So yes, it's real, but it still sounds implausible to me, at least. It sounds uh, like at some point, everyone in the room is going to freeze and then Ian McKellen is going to step out. From yeah. the <laughs> and go, Hello, Charles. <laughs> 
how do you not mess with that guy like across t- uh, the campus or whatever? Oh, yeah, just yeah. start beating off. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's a golden opportunity. Like if your mind just starts wandering, if it's picking up what you're imagining doing, right. yeah, you could be imagining anything, and you could start doing. Like I wasn't thinking that. He right. just decided to. Yeah, think maybe I was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're the, if you're the receiver, you can really drop the other person in it. Yeah, what, yeah. I really like yeah. cannons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how is it just that one thing? Like, because he's thinking about all kinds of other stuff. That's the thing is, like, yeah, you, you can't make your brain only do one. Well, like, it, you can't it, make it your did, brain fight, stop doing everything except thinking about. It did say in the description to... that uh, the shower cap was marked with the stimulation site for the transcranial magnetic stimulation cord right. that was placed directly over his left motor cortex, uh, which controls oh, hand movements. Right, it, controls hand it. movement. But I'm saying he didn't actually make his hand move. He thought about it, which I, I, I'm not an expert on neuroscience, but I just didn't think that thinking about moving something would fire off the same part of your brain as actually doing, doing it, it, you know? Well, you know, they say that if you think about exercising, you know, they did some study where if you, if you, if you were able to, to think about running a marathon from yeah. start to finish, your body would actually go through some g- gain some of the benefit of, wow. of running a marathon they also say looking at boobs is as good as going to the gym that was a study that's a real study <laughs> by axe bodies bro <laughs> yeah something about getting your heart rate up yeah. uh right. like looking at boobs x number of times a day is as good as running for like 20 minutes on a treadmill i'm paraphrasing it but this yeah. is a real uh this so, was real probably science so you're telling me i'm getting double the workout because i'm like i'm <laughs> doing that on while the treadmill. I'm, yeah yeah absolutely yeah Excellent. That's the dream. Good to know. Okay, so if you guys could put on a cap and put on a cap on someone else. No, okay, you put put on a cap, someone else doesn't even have to be wearing the cap. So unbeknownst to them, you're going to be controlling their right hand mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. What's what's the best possible use of that? Oh. I don't know. I mean, in these troubled times, I think President Obama. Oh, okay. You're going to so sign some bill into law. Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> Bring this country back to what it should be. Nice. Not Real a American. communist hellhole. Yeah. Sweet. You're not going to just make somebody draw like a Virgin Mary picture so that they'll become a oh, new wait, I that. That's a great idea. Like, my hand was just controlled and it drew this on the toast. I don't know why. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not even right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> just make, make a one-year-old suddenly write her name perfectly. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the Pope. And just going to say, I, I am not real. Love God. <laughs> really confusing. <laughs> what? Does Obama actually, you know, does he actually have his finger on a real button? All the at time. At all times. Always, always. I think so, yeah. Wow. Doesn't some it's dude like, goes around with like a briefcase with him with a, like a mobile button in it? Yeah, doesn't he? He's got a posse. They got the ice chest. They got the mobile button. <laughs> ice chest, just full of Bud Light Kid- kidneys. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh, hip hop slang. Okay, it's where the diamonds are. Oh, the ice chest. Oh, we're so okay. White. Oh my god, I've really let myself down. <laughs> yeah. If well, our, if if our most posh guest this. so far can't doesn't know that, what hope do we have? In this yeah. Very little. Yeah, yeah there's really no way to trade your really, homies uh, there. I have, although uh, weirdly, I come from uh, in back home. Uh, our nearest village is called. Compton, which is the original Compton, (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious because it is like the most adorable. It's like something out of like a a, like Downton Abbey. It's it's very charming, like leafy riverside uh, uh, town in Berkshire. Has that inspired any uh, John LeJoie style uh, parody white hip hop videos straight out of Compton? Has anybody made any? I think like the I think the kids in the school there like pretty much every year they like at the end of they rediscover make a video. Yeah, every yeah someone's like guys there's a song <laughs> got loads of Just words about this. Um, yeah and then they like reshoot the video and show it to the teachers who are like fucking 
Not again. <laughs> again. Is there a big uh, east-west rivalry? Huge, the- yeah. That's East Ilsley and West Ilsley, <laughs> which are the two villages just over the valley from there. <laughs> they ate each other. Non-stop drive-bys at the post office. <laughs> um, so what next? Do we want to talk about... Now, this is a little bit... Prurient, if that's how you say the word, but it was in the news, and a listener sent it. Uh, yeah, a listener sent it to us. Um, there is a problem in Sweden with a uh, fish that will uh, bite your balls; it'll attack your testicles. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think this one was again sent in by more than one listener. Yeah, <laughs> give the just, people what they want. We have I think our listeners it, have started to get a good feel for the tone of our show. Yeah, like, yeah. like mind them. control and ball biting. That's <laughs> the things Done. we can. Uh, so a South American fish is feared because of uh, a South American fish feared because of attacking testicles has been found in the southern coast, leading experts to warn Swedish men not to take off their swimming trunks if they're going out for a swim. Uh, the warning came last week after an or an Orisund Sound fisherman caught a 2.1 centimeter long paku, a relative of piranha that is most usually swimming around the Amazon region. And the fish is known to have a habit of attacking the human testicles, which made the freshwater fish paku dubbed ball cutter. And that fish can grow bigger than a piranha, reaching up to 25 kilograms in weight and three feet in length. Does it, does it always go straight for the balls? I don't know. It's, it says it's, it, it, it does like the balls. Well, it seems like that's like an easy, know. like, dangly... But why the ball? Why not toes like and fingers? Yeah. Uh, you know. And what I love about that yeah. story as well is that, like, Sweden is one of the only countries in the world where they would have to be like, guys, don't stop taking your trunks off in the sea. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, nationwide. Come on, knock it on the head. Well, right. okay. But we're Swedish. Yeah, come on, guys. Just trying to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, get, we get it. Just put them away. This it's fish fair. is probably total horseshit. This is probably just because people are tired of looking at old Swedish balls. <laughs> yeah. Someone just caught it like, oh, this thing will eat your dicks, man. Put it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Swedish tourist board have, yeah. have got in touch with Brazil and been like, give yeah. us some of those ball cuts. Like, Please. <laughs> got to stop this. No one's coming. <laughs> it's just got too much. So they said it's mostly found in, this, in South America as Orinoco and Amazon basins. Orinoco, is that the origin of the, uh, what's the, sail away, sail away. Orinoco flow. Who's that? Yeah, is that Enya? Enya, Enya, yeah, that's it. Uh, so the spottings have also been reported also, in a number of the US states. by the way, goes straight for the balls. Enya goes straight for the balls every <laughs> time. Her it's, it's, yeah. it's, it gets you right there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's where it gets you. I always feel it right in the plum. Guttural stuff. <laughs> So it says a number of U.S. states have it as well, and Papua New Guinea. Um, what? Where introduction of paku fish is believed to boost fish stocks. Um, so let's see. They said, um, they meaning Henrik Karl, a fish expert at the Danish Museum. Um, the Danish Museum? Is that just what it's called? Okay, article. I've only got one. This is a site that I ha- <laughs> you haven't used this site for stories before. It's hngn.com, and some of the copy editing is suspect in this article the but Danish museum and furniture store yeah. <laughs> yeah. combined Danish art and stuff uh, he claimed the Paco fish are not usually harmful to people but um, they have quite a bite a serious bite this is horribly written what? this might not be real <laughs> it's not usually harmful to people except the ones with testicles what are those called again <laughs> men it's only harmful to men <laughs> It's the first news story that we've done on this show that's finished with the words, and then I woke up. Right. You know, I'm starting to think we might have been duped on this one. <laughs> I got to do some research about this site, because this is a horribly written article. I Let's thought talk. when you were where you were going with it, when you said that they pulled in this one fish, that we'd be like, and the stomach was just full, full of nuts. testicles. <laughs> just. Like that scene in Jaws where they oh, he's on yeah. the dock and they just slice it open. It's got a license plate and balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's in there. 
Have you, speaking of this, have you guys seen Sharknado yet? No. No, I'm Nobody's not seen to. Sharknado? It's, no. It is. It's okay. I get it. It's, it's so bad that's not even worth wasting your time on. But are we allowed to spoil it if we give people time to turn this off? I think the director already did, so you're fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the last scene has uh, Ian Ziering. Uh, so the sharks are flying through the air because they've been picked up by a tornado, sure. as a Sharknado was wont to do. Mm. I've heard, by the way, as well from someone that this is... Just, like it's magnificently bad. Like it's got all the hallmarks of the bathroom, including like the weather being different outside two different windows in the same scene. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's just... Well, it's made by Asylum, the company that makes those straight-to-video movies that rip off ones in theaters, like, like Atlantic Rim. That's about to come out. <laughs> Atlantic. Rim. Is that real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, what's incredible is, uh, to be fair to Asylum, they knock. I mean, they're. they're terrible but they knock them out so quickly it's amazing that they're not like so far off like the movie you know when you're like if you, i feel like if you gave these guys as much time and right, money right they do an equally good job as the people <laughs> but making. they're super profitable compared yeah. to how little they spend on oh, these I'm sure. things yeah uh, i read an article about it a few years ago but yeah. I, it's, not, it's just not fun when it's like winking the whole time it's yeah. like it's not spoof like airplane you know it's not like a classic yeah. romp and it's not out and out terrible film like the room, was it? Exactly. It's not. It's not. They're not trying to be good. They're yeah. trying to be exactly as shitty as they are. So I just like eh, yeah. stunt casting, Tiffany. All right, whatever. Right. I mean, I, I'm kind of conflicted about movies that are intentionally bad because, like, I love the room. Um, I love. Do you guys know who Neil Breen is? No. He's this awful filmmaker, and he just debuted another movie at CineFamily a couple weeks ago, and everyone was there to make fun of the guy. He's there in person, and then during the Q&A, everyone's asking him sincere questions and treating him like a real filmmaker, which is so disingenuous, because like, we're there to laugh at you. Yo, you are yeah. too dumb to know you made an awful movie. Wait, is this Birdemic guy? No, but that's similar. And then okay. Birdemic is interesting also, because like our friend Bobby Hacker was involved in the production of the sequel, which actually had a budget but they were trying to capitalize on the success of this awful movie. So it had this like sheen of intent that's, right. that's really that audiences hate. You know, if you, if you want to hate something, cause it's, if you want to laugh at something, cause it's bad, you have to know that someone was trying to make it good or yeah. else, sure. which is also stupid, but it's, it's there, you know, and the second one was, was bad for a different reason because it was like the producer had intentionally hobbled the director and not given him the money to have good effects because he wanted the effects to still be laughably bad. Right. So that was, it's really, yeah, it's yeah, such a it's weird a business one. to get into when you're trying to intentionally make camp. The, right. You know? The Sherlock Holmes version Asylum did is, is fucking incredible. Like, it's What's it absolutely called? great. It's uh, Sherlock Holmes and... Because he, it's created, public domain, right? Commons or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sherlock Holmes and the... Sun- some some I can't remember what the hell it is. Anyway, the it's the baddie in it is is Sherlock Holmes's other brother, not Mycroft. They've like invented another brother, and he Derek. he's been dead. De- say Derek Derek Holmes, and he was killed by Lestrade was his partner, and he got killed out on the on the beat. But he didn't really. He survived and is now taking his revenge on London. Anyway, he releases a Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> into London, which gets people in, like, tiny rooms as well. That's one of the brilliant <laughs> things about it, is they keep finding people dismembered in, like, like bedrooms. <laughs> and then you see this, like, 40-foot-high Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> sort of disappearing around the corner. And then they kill that and think, and think that's the end of the movie. But then it turns out this brother has, like, a giant steampunk steam-powered dragon that he flies around London and, like, blasts London with flames. And and on top of that, has an Iron Man suit that he wears <laughs> while he's in it, like a steampunk Iron Man suit. It's And it's brilliant because they're kind of trying to make it good. You know, like, they do it yeah, to the best, the best of their ability. they can, yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. 
Nice. Um, Check that out. So the end of Shawnado. The reason I got into this was, yeah, Ian Ziering uh, has a chainsaw a la Evil Dead 2, and um, I think a shark is flying through the air that has already eaten his daughter, who fell out of a helicopter into the waiting mouth of this shark flying through the air in the tornado. Um, So the shark's flying through the air. He puts his his chainsaw up in the air. The shark devours him whole. But then what's this? He just cuts his way out of the shark with the chainsaw. <laughs> then after he's out, he's like, oh, wait, and reaches back in and pulls out his still-living daughter who had been eaten by the shark, like, <laughs> 20 minutes earlier or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so far beyond. Anyway. So it's so, not a documentary? So it's not a documentary. <laughs> okay. I wasn't no, sure no, it's name. a reconstruction of gotcha. the truth. Gotcha. Exactly. <clears throat> so the Paku uh, may or may not be real. Thank you to the listener who alerted us to this suspicious article. Um, but, yeah, if you're in Sweden, keep your pants on. There it is. The rest of the world, you're in Put the clear. Away. Yeah, yeah. Matt, you got something for us? Um, I was I was gonna go for another reader story, but I think uh, there's some nice ones that I found that that I'd rather jump into. Uh, although now I've lost it because I was too busy laughing at the balls. Um, but he, here's one from England. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize this. Yeah, it's L- London, no less. London. London. But there's a there's a skyscraper uh, nicknamed the Walkie Talkie. Uh, in East London, in the city, in what's known as the City of London, the business part, uh, and apparently it's been melting cars uh, because of the shape of it. It's a, it's a, it's a curved, mirrored surface oh. that's been reflecting and focusing sunlight. This happened in Vegas a couple years ago too. This happened here in LA with the uh, Disney that uh, Disney Gary Hall. that Gary designed. Yeah. Yeah, it was too. It was shiny, and then certain parts would cause they called like a death ray. People were standing on the sidewalk <laughs> yeah. and getting burned. Yeah, yeah. And they had to, like dull the finish of it so it wouldn't reflect as well. Because, this is yeah. what's happened. This guy Mark Lindsay parked his Jaguar on East Cheap in the city of London, and he returned about two hours later. He found parts of his car, including the wing mirror and the badge, had melted. Oh my god! It's pretty impressive. Yeah, here's yeah. a picture of the warped car here. The uh, wow. That's pretty good. Although knowing London, that's almost certainly just some asshole has come past and smashed up his car and then blamed it on a building. <laughs> no, oh Skyscraper did it. Skyscraper did it, mate. Yeah. Not, we, all, we all saw it. It's not just rank jealousy <laughs> how well you're doing with your nice motor. And I believe they said that the people constructing the Skyscraper were going to compensate the guy. Yes. Is that true? Okay. Yeah, they, they, they owned up. In fact, apparently on the windscreen, there was a note from the construction company. Uh, that said, already said you. your car's buckled. Could you give us a call? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they, they've suspended three parking bays in the area, which might be affected while they investigate the situation further. And they've paid the, the roughly thousand pound repair costs. It's not like this is the first time it's happened. How do you not realize if you're making your building uh, con concave? Concave. This is something you'd have to model for. And I'm sure it's something you could model for. It can't be that difficult. Right? You know yeah. where the sun's going to be. It's you know fairly which way well it's established where the sun is going to be in, right. in the sky. <laughs> yeah, I think the sun keeps moving. Have you guys yeah. noticed that? <laughs> it's like constantly moving. <laughs> that could be tricky. That's a good point. I guess you just got to build it and see what burns. You just got to wait and see if <laughs> yeah. someone gets fried or not. If someone's And then we just warped. tell them not to stand there. Yeah, or just, just move. Paint a bit on the on the ground that says, don't stand here because <laughs> yeah. the zone. sun will murder you. <laughs> I don't even think they fixed it in Vegas. It was just melting bros anyway. <laughs> just, it was just a poolside problem. I think it's, it's really ants. In small doses. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting ants are doing it. Yeah, I think they've, they've infiltrated the upper echelons of, well, international architecture. <laughs> slowly but surely. This will be an asylum move. They're drawing their plans against us. 
Yeah, this is if, if you're listening, Asylum. This, this story is available. <laughs> yeah, I mean for like a bunch of money because yeah. we just oh. trademarked it. Yeah, yeah, that's how podcasts work, right? Yep. Yeah, and Good. if you say we it's trademarked it, yeah, yeah, that's enough. I think, Super I think we now have to build a, print build out a... this podcast and post it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> I like it. Super intelligent ants build a giant magnifying glass in the sky, mm-hmm. pointed at world's uh, centers of trade. And what's the ransom demand from an ant, though? What do they want from us? Uh, sugary water. Sugary water. <laughs> All of the sugary water. You- <laughs> they haven't figured out how to just build their own refineries. <laughs> you guys could have saved all that money you built on the magnified glass one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so watch it, building designers in the UK. We're on to you. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to do segues, you guys. We've been off for a little while. We're a little rusty. But speaking of that, we didn't actually talk much about what's trans, trans, transpired uh, since the last time we got together. Well, a fair few things have yeah, happened. Yeah, Brooks getting SNL is pretty big. Yeah, and I've just found out, like, I mean, I, I have fun, fun in the UK. I was at the Edinburgh Festival and a couple of friends' weddings. Uh, and and your housemates nearly died. <laughs> I did, and he's in another room. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, I got fleas for the first time. Maybe I had fleas before. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I was gone for two weeks, came back. My room, suddenly things are jumping up onto my body, Ugh. and I thought it was fruit flies. I thought maybe like I'd pick some oranges or something, because when I get near them, they would like, quote unquote, fly away. I was like, oh, these are fruit. No, they were jumping. These are just jumping yeah. fleas, like dozens of them on each leg. It was terrifying. Like It was as bad as bed bugs as far as like the fact that you can never... You can't sleep because any little just close Touch, to an itch yeah. feeling you, th- yeah. you, you all night. I was just. Did you have to like eat flea tablets or something, or like we, wear a collar? Come on, this yeah, kitty collar. We had like there's a Terminex guy who comes out to do some stuff around here anyway, so he came and sprayed for fleas. But all he's allowed to do is do the baseboards. I'm like, no, I know where they are. They're not. You can just spray everywhere. Just spray everywhere. No, and then I have friends who are like, ah, oh, you just gotta get some diatomaceous earth, which is this like the hippie solution. It's just some powder that acts as a desiccant that dries diatomaceous earth sounds like a jam band right (laughs) they're opening for widespread at uh, Horde Fest Um, (laughs) but yeah they they just dry out the things and I guess they do work if they land on the flea but I'm like no as in everything, I want the least earth-friendly. I want the most poisonous. I want the toxins. <laughs> I want Agent the thing Orange, that's right. going to blow the fleas. Yeah, I bought some of those things to, to fog my room. Yeah. To, what know. will make future generations of the Wood family like, yeah. <laughs> just horribly deformed? What will prevent them from even existing? Yes. What will make me <laughs> sterile and kill the fleas? Yeah. I finally got rid of him only to find out Jesse now has them in his bathroom. So he was instructing you guys to use mine if you need to right now. Oh, yeah. That was a nightmare. Um, I think Stu went back to his room so we can talk about, uh, yeah, there was a near-death experience. Uh, barely cheated death, our roommate. Um, Who well, has been mentioned many times on the show. This The sleep eater. Um, the guy was prone to nude sleep eating in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he came down with something. They still don't even know what it was, but he was like at death's door for like a week or so. Was he I poisoned had, by like, flea spray? <laughs> Oh yes. man, I didn't even. What was the timing mm, on that? Silly Cretaceous Earth, mm. what it's called. What is <laughs> man, yeah, uh, so he, had, he was like on, on dialysis, like everything shut down, and they still don't know what it was. Um, but then they released him with a clean bill of health, and according to his friends, like, the doctor was like, they'd never seen anybody so healthy. I'm like, hey, let's slow it down. Hold like, on, hold on. Yeah, right. That was, yeah. So that happened. Isn't um, it kind of scary how often you hear about that, though, of somebody like, yeah, just some weird illness? Just mystery. I don't thing. know. Yeah. yeah. 
Almost died. Probably my, medicine. My aunt almost died this summer, and it turned out mosquito bite, West Nile virus. That happens in the U.S. Oh wow! She's made a full recovery, but like I guess like hundreds of people die in the U.S. of West Nile every year. Is that one of the ones that was like a thing a few years ago? Like it was going to kill us all. Remember every year there was one know. of those, and now yeah. they kind of stopped with it because it never worked out. Maybe it was like the new swine flu or the new bird flu, yeah. swine flu. Uh, I don't know, killer bees probably yeah. at some point. Yeah. Ebola. But this one yeah. you can't get from other people. It can only be from like it requires. Um, an animal vector or there's some term for it. I don't know what like the, the mosquito has to bite a horse that has to have just eaten lasagna to serve an Italian pie. place and then, <laughs> it's the, I don't yeah. know why butterfly effect of but yeah that's uh, so watch out for mosquitoes and uh, mysterious uh, unexplained diseases <laughs> and fleas and fleas um, so that's been my summer <laughs> sounds, sounds great sounds like you've been doing exceptionally well in my absence yeah. it sounds quite sort of biblical you have right? like a series <laughs> of different like those plagues. are almost like right Pestilence that's, and famine and yeah That's right How are your firstborn doing? <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while Speaking of Oh my god Oh god Actually yes We just got in The swimming pool has turned green In the last two days The swimming pool Just magically turned Like Lucky Charms green <laughs> For no reason I think Humphrey's onto something I think yeah. this is properly We're on to play four now <laughs> yeah. You know what God hates science Famously yeah. doesn't he This is like a, a very An even lower budget Asylum movie about the apocalypse Is happening in this house <laughs> yes. Trademark, Please, trademark. green water. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You just say trademark three trademark, times. Trademark, trademark. And then it appears behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, what else you got? I got a little story. Is uh, it about... Let's see. Let's see if we can manage to cover this one without wandering into shitty 70s comedy. Uh-oh. Uh sounds like a nice stereotype. Well, it, it involves husbands and wives and, and speaking and ignoring. But it turns out um, the human brain has the ability to focus, an uncanny ability to focus on one voice in a sea of chatter, uh, but particularly a voice that you're familiar with. Um, apparently, you're particularly able to, to focus in on a voice that you know really well and also to tune it out. Yeah, I've read something similar to this. So what they did in this study... Um, in uh, a Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, uh, in Canada, uh, is they recruited 23 married couples. Uh, each had been married and living together for at least 18 years. So long-term uh, spouses. Uh, the individuals were played two sentences simultaneously and asked to report back details about one of them, such as the colour and the number mentioned. Uh, they did this correctly 80% of the time when their spouse spoke the target sentence and a stranger spoke the decoy sentence. If strangers spoke both, the success rate dropped to 65%. Um, but if the target sentence was spoken by a stranger and the decoy by their spouse, the success rate was 73%. So, in other words, when they play these two sentences together and they're going to ask them to pick out details from one of them, and when it's two strangers' voices being played simultaneously, their results aren't great. It's 65% accuracy. When, when their spouse is the one reading out the thing that they're going to need to pick out, the, the one with the details, their results are, re- are substantially better. But their results are also noticeably better, not quite as much, but still noticeably better, if their spouse is reading out the sentence that they're meant to ignore. So if their spouse is one of the two sentences, one of the two people speaking simultaneously, they're better at separating it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, okay, the one that... 
I don't understand the second part though, because were they told ahead of time which details they're supposed to look for, or they were just here, listen to this? No, thing. I think we're they just, I just think afterwards. they play them two sentences simultaneously, and you don't know at the time. Like one of them's talking about cabbages, and one of them's talking about a seesaw, and you don't know at the time. But afterwards, they're going to ask you a question about the cabbages, and in one of the, and in one of the cases, it's two strangers, and in the other cases. Either your husband or wife is talking about the cabbages, or your husband or wife is talking about the seesaw, and it turns out in both of the cases where the spouse is talking. I just want to point out it's so hot out that squirrel is lying down. It's have you ever seen a squirrel (laughs) lying down in your entire life? Taking a break. There's a dog right there, and that squirrel is like, "Fuck it, man, take me." Take me now. Done. Like one of his arms is dangling <laughs> over the side of the bench. And he's alive. I just saw him climb down the tree. Yeah. He's, he's just twitched as well just now. He might as well be on he's a diving board. Just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to disrupt that, uh, no, but that's not amazing. at all. That was well worth it. This is this is the sixth sign, would you say, Humphrey? Is this yeah, I which sign so. is this? How many more? I believe so. I, I, hang on, I've got revelations okay. app on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yes, lounging, lounging squirrels. Lounging squirrels. Please in bedrooms. Oh, please. Yeah. Lounging squirrels. Next, the rate of blood. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I still don't understand this because I think what they're saying is okay. So, to use your analogy again, um, cabbage and cabbage I, and seesaw. I, 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 I tuned out your voice. I know you too well. Um, okay, but we're pausing so Brian can get a picture of this super chill squirrel. <laughs> Put it on the website. So we're yeah. <laughs> Did it come out? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. So, so what I don't understand is that so eighty percent of the time they'll know the details that the spouse said so, when so, there's a stranger and the spouse talking, but seventy three percent of the time, yeah. if the deco- if the decoy so the, is saying the person saying the information that they actually, if the stranger is saying the information they're yeah. actually going to be tested on, and their spouse is saying the decoy. yeah. So the best results when the two people are speaking simultaneously is when their spouse is the one with the information. The second best results are when their spouse is the person with the information you're meant to ignore. Like the other, the the other confusing decoy simultaneous sentence, and the worst results are when it's two strangers simultaneously. Right, but I, I guess it depends. To me, you'd have to know whether they're told ahead of time which things they're going to be trying to listen to. Because to say that seventy three percent was the success rate when the stranger was saying the good information and the decoy was the spouse stuff, they, then they should also ask the people for information on that decoy sentence to see if that was also because that should also be as high as eighty percent. Yeah, maybe maybe they did. I don't know. Unfortunately, does that make sense? Full it does make perfect sense. Yeah, it sounded like the way you read it that nobody listened to any of it. <laughs> I mean, when I read the article, there was another article that my wife. <laughs> <Yeah. did. laughs> I read something similar to that though. That it, it's it sounds horrible and misogynistic, but that men do have trouble listening to women's voices. That there is something about pitch, the actual frequency. Yeah, that it yeah. that it's uh, that it's uh, super annoying. Was the gist of the article? It's a scientific explanation. Uh, just sponsored by Axe Body Spray. Frequ- Again, sponsored by Axe Body Spray. I mean, a tone of voice does affect a lot. I mean, I think it affects a lot in stand-up. You know, sure. Like, oh, I no think question. You've got to listen to that voice. Yeah, Brian's yeah, got yeah. a great voice, a commanding presence. Yeah, I think it. you take fourth place on this podcast. <laughs> Voices, Andy. No, I've offense. got a really bad voice. Humphrey, you can't beat that. I mean, you That's get amazing. instant respect outside of your homeland because of how yeah. much we love your people, That's and then true. maybe even back. I don't know how much back home. People. Widely reviled. Okay. Widely reviled back home. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, it's an accent that marks you down as uh, a posh asshole, really. And that's, that's, uh, that's a shame. Um, that's a word we should start using over here. Posh. Posh. We don't use it enough. I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound as good in our voices either, I said arse- ironically. I said asshole, which I think is a much better version than asshole. <laughs> I agree. 
But is there even an American posh? Like there is no one accent Fancy. associated with well, yeah, US. well, that, that, not a like, real one. Not a real, yeah, that kind of like we're going up to the Hamptons. Oh, I guess yeah. Yeah. No. I was about to say the Hamptons, kind yeah. Of. yeah. Or, we're going to play you know, tennis in the Hamptons. That's that's probably tennis fancy. Um, uh, yeah, but but yeah, it's kind of yeah. In England, it's very we're still very like class bound. Everyone can kind of you people pick stuff up about people very quickly just from the way they speak. Yeah. Well, there's fascinating studies about about the dialects. Just the, the, the super uh, people who are really, really into that can pick out like yeah. what street you were born. Oh, in yeah, parts well, of London. It, it's crazy. I think partly because British accents developed over centuries when people didn't really travel much. Oh, now, the sure. re- the reason why you can have two now cities, but probably at the time towns that were that are fifty miles apart with wildly different accents, is because for the first few hundred years that they were becoming those places people didn't really yeah. go between them inbreeding is mostly what you're saying yeah like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know uh, like most people like most people in america came from a few different sources and then spread out across across the country right and so, also in a pretty short amount of time yeah exactly to- so the, the people you know the the population of la came from a very similar pool of the people of san francisco and san diego there's yeah. almost no difference between the la and san and san diego accents despite being quite a distance apart whereas yeah. you know and, like, and new york you can pick out like has a different accent because of the immigration that came in afterwards you know the sure the jewish immigration and then irish immigration and so on but, italian and then, yeah uh, yeah and, and the black population and those all influence the accents but but still it's all it's a a big group of people who came over and spread out yeah rather than a group of people who grew up in that one place for yeah england's extraordinary because it's tiny i can't remember like same size as delaware is that right or i've said that i know it's it's very small i know it's a 50th of the area of the u.s right 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 but like we have i don't know there are probably off the top of my head like 30 or 40 distinct accents that like as an english person you go oh that person's from there and like Newcastle and Sunderland is extraordinary. They're like either side of a bridge. Yeah. And yet they, for each other, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, people from Newcastle, they talk like that. You know, that's the kind of uh, Newcastle accent like that. That and, sounds and almost like from, Scottish. That sounds well. It's very close. They're, it's kind of geographically close. geographically yeah. close. Yeah. But again, and then Sunderland is, and is slightly different. Yeah. Oh my god. Crazy. Uh, and Edinburgh and Glasgow. I, I'm not great with accents. I don't have a great ear for accents, but. Someone from Edinburgh will pick out someone from Glasgow in a second, yeah. and that again is less than an less than an hour apart. Yeah, forty minutes. And Ooh, where where Liverpool where are all stuff. the chimney sweeps from? Orphanages. Okay, yeah, just sprinkled throughout the country. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always been surprised. I mean, all that, British like, people are born in orphanages. <laughs> yeah, in dour Victorian orphanages, <laughs> and then we're paired up with nice families. Uh, so maybe the, the kind of uh, gruel that you eat might influence like the development yes. of your vocal cords. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I had very fancy gruel. Okay, <laughs> it's porridge. It's uh, porridge. porridge. It's fancy gruel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, but, might, I might actually do, go to this story because it it's it's sort of linked to this like British it. class. Uh, but it turns out um, this is an article in New Scientist. Uh, Victorian uh, skiing trips to Europe may be resp- partially to blame for the rapid retreat of glaciers in the Alps during the mid nineteenth century. Wow. What? Uh, from, I didn't even know people were skiing in the 1800s. Apparently from 1865. Uh, is it glacier or glacier? Glacier. Say glacier. Say glacier. Say none of the above. <laughs> is that one of the choices? So they started to shrink to lengths not seen in the previous <laughs> 500 years. A trend that continues today, and it's, which has puzzled climatologists. 
as records show local temperatures were cool in the decades before they retreated, uh, meaning something else must have melted them. Um, Mark Flanner at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, which is... That's, that's the Ann Arbor war, war cry. I don't know. Right. <laughs> go. go. Yeah, we all know what juggalos are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jug- yeah, one of the finest uh, juggalo professors. Uh, <laughs> and Again, his colleagues. get out of asylum, juggalo professors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Come on. We got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you could go into the electricity magnetism class. It's just one day long. You're like, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Next. Um, his Mark Flanner and his colleagues say soot particles from increased rail transport, the booming tourist industry, and coal fires all brought around by the budding industrial revolution are to blame, especially from coal burned on the doorsteps of the Alps. Mm. Um, black soot landing on the ice reduces its reflectivity, causing it to absorb more energy from the sun and melt. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, they studied these ice cores. Uh, and found that the soot concentrations in the ice increased ra- increased rapidly around the time they began retreating. Wow. Um, hmm. Computer simulations show these levels were high enough to melt almost a meter extra uh, of the ice each year. This is a sharp jolt to the system, uh, a very rapid and large increase in soot over a very short period of time. It's not just, like, large-bearded men stubbing out cheroots as they get onto their skis. <laughs> I'm ready to go down the hill! Just so many of them. Marjorie, throw some more ice on the fire. It's yeah. going out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's not the actual skiing, but the fact that you're going on a ski trip, so you're having fires, the black soot lands on the ice. Yes, it's, it it's not the actual physical carving right, right, away right. of the right. yeah. surface. But we can still blame this on the 1%. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Yeah. cool. If in doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say a fraction of 1%. The 1800s <laughs> right, skiing yeah. trips? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. But also, surely that's just like, isn't that more to do with massive industrialization all over Europe sure. as opposed to skiing trips? Once again, we, the 1% being blamed for all yeah. you people's problems. <laughs> and let me just ask you, who was working in those factories? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They, who was they, stoking they those fires? grateful for the jobs. It was Gassy, malnourished plebs. We certainly weren't the ones pouring coal on the fires. I was... <laughs> I don't even know what coal looks like. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it, of course. Can we do a spin-off podcast called Probably Posh, please? I just want to listen to that for an hour every week. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Victorian ski trips. Uh, which is so pleasant. Oh, it's fine. I'm good. Yeah, are you guys skiers, speaking of this? I can... I'm, I'm a competent skier. <coughs> and half the comedy circuit in the UK can now ski, thanks to um, the, a very nice man called Richard Letts, who started... Uh, the Altitude Festival. Yeah, together with uh, Marcus Brigstock, who's a UK comedian. They started doing these shows Marcus was a, is a keen skier and snowboarder and was out in France about 10 years ago and thought wouldn't it be quite nice if we could put a show on in one of these bars and bring out some of my friends and we'll take them skiing and we'll get a bit of cash in the evening nice. and they started doing it and because of that it's become a th- now it, most of the UK comedy circuit can ski or snowboard that's yeah. awesome so you know we're ready for the apocalypse yes we. so I'm, I'm a competent like I'm, a, I'm at the level where i I rarely fall over. I can get down the hill at a reasonable speed, but no one would look at me and go, that's how you do it. Like, no no instructors difference. are nudging the kids and pointing at me, just like, study that. <laughs> there we go. Les enfants, regarde. Yeah, I've got a few friends who, who did like the whole, they went, they were ski instructors and stuff, and like, they are like elegant. You watch yes. them going down the hill and you're like, that looks incredible. And then I like clatter down the hill. I can do, I can go down a black run, like the hard ones but barely under control. And what really I look out for on any skiing trip is for someone else in the group to get injured so that I can then be like, 
I'll stay with Andy. <laughs> you guys go on ahead. I'll stay with Andy and eat so loads of Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel und Rosti. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all I'm after. Brian? No, no. I grew up cross-country skiing, but I've never uh, yeah. downhilled. And I haven't cross-countryed in 20 years or something. Where did you grow up? Maine. So no excuse. Should yeah, be able you guys to see. have some Ski. good places out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know Maine got that cold. I guess, I guess, it, I guess it's yeah, quite yeah. far north. Yeah. I guess it's almost Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's as far north as you can go in the U.S. Yeah. Well... Alaska. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't recognize. That. I thought you were going to say I don't <laughs> recognize Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> I don't recognize the sovereignty of Alaska. Right. Yeah. Contiguous U.S. Brian's a forty-eight states man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not interested. I don't that. like extremes. <laughs> fuck hot. Fuck cold. <laughs> <laughs> you and that squirrel would get along, man. That guy is done for this town. He's like, oh, take me back to Portland. God. That's a Portland squirrel. I can tell him. By Definitely the way. a Portland yeah. squirrel. Hitching a ride back now. Yeah. He's just about. Is, is he opening a food truck? <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a he's wearing a scarf for some reason. It's it's still ninety degrees out, squirrel. I don't know what your problem is. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool idea. The opening, uh, getting a run of shows together at at ski places. I don't know why someone hasn't done that in the U.S. It's uh, it's the really fun. Just, there was like, a there's not much money in, in it. Aspen, you might have well, heard of it. But I mean, place. like setting up triple runs, but have them be in cool places you actually want to go. Have strings of one nighters. Yeah, sure. and the deal with these gigs, you know, they don't pay much money, but they'll get you out there and they'll sort you out with the ski hire. Yeah, and if you can't yeah. ski already, they'll teach you how to. Yeah. Uh, and you know you just you spend four that you normally get to pick who you go out with like that Richard normally asks who you'd like to travel with and you just get together with one or two of your friends and yeah. ski and then in the try op- to do comedy to posh vacationing <laughs> arseholes <laughs> it's a it's a uh, fair mix like? nowadays what's the, what's the crowd like well you know what the audience is really mixed now between firstly there's um uh I like it depends on the the you do a few different shows in a few different venues and there's a fair mix between the seasonaires, which is what they call the people who go out for the entire season and mm. work in, a, like, well, either work in a chalet or work in a ski shop or whatever, uh, and in return for their accommodation and their ski stuff, um, and the holiday makers, sure, vacationers, um, and also if there's a, there's always like about two or three to five percent of people who actually live live there the whole year round, um, and I don't know, there's a real mix of people who ski now because companies. Like airline companies like EasyJet can now now fly out to the ski resorts for about thirty pounds. Yeah. Oh wow. So and you can go for a weekend. Last time I went skiing, we went. It was unbelievably cheap, like crazy cheap. We just went for a weekend, like sixteen guys. It's hellish in many respects <laughs> for the people around us. But we we you know we didn't like have t-shirts with like pussy squad on. <laughs> no pub crawl. anything like that no you just knew in your heart that you were we the pussy knew, squad oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah cut open my heart and you'll find the word pussy squad <laughs> inside I the first um, and uh, but yeah it was crazy cheap it was wonderful we you know we bunch of sort of povo students we all went and it was it was where crazy. were you uh, we went to Meyerhofen in, in Austria okay which is great it's a really nice place isn't that hosted a uh, winter olympics at some point I think they did yeah it's really like it's is it near Innsbruck. Running. Yeah, you fly to Innsbruck and then it's a bus for like an hour. Okay, which Innsbruck Airport is the most terrifying airport to fly into ever. It's like trying to land in a bath. <laughs> it's like in this valley with mountains, and we went went round like four times. Like, okay, round we go again, everybody, in like a blizzard. Like, uh, <laughs> what? It's terrifying. And then the tour the tour guide. When we were, when we, because it was like a package holiday, and when we were on the bus on the way to our airport, we had a, a guide called Eden who. <laughs> I can't remember what, oh, fuck, I wish I could remember what it was because it was incredible. He just like 
was like, so here, you know, Innsbruck is principal uh, industry is, of course, skiing, tourism, but also there's a fine, you know, China industry here. And also it's the home place of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> so anyway, and I was like, I, that's weird. And then we were having this debate about, wouldn't you lead with that? Sure, that's the most significant thing about it. But then like, should you mention it at all? Like, no one wants to think about that when they're on skiing holiday. And Did you raise your hand and go, I'm sorry, who again? So who's that? Can you explain a little bit about Hitler. his background? Is he, <laughs> is he, is he a China designer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does he do? Chocolatier? He was a yeah. noted chocolatier. <laughs> chocolatier. <laughs> uh, yes, amongst other things, he was a, an artist and a regional politician. <laughs> what if, in addition to his many other exploits, he had he did run like a Willy Wonka style chocolate factory <laughs> that only just gets discovered like hundred right. years later? <laughs> it was he the, made it still working, shoes. still going on. Yeah. <laughs> We've all invented it. chocolate. And it was like. Uh, Boy, oh, no, be, be every torn. time I eat chocolate now. <laughs> that was his grand design after, like... Yeah, yeah. That's all he ever really <laughs> wanted to do, and it just got like, oh, well, you know, I, I think I will get hold of that milk factory because it'll make production so much cheaper than what it's owned by Jews. <laughs> <laughs> slowly but surely, the ball started rolling. <laughs> I must annihilate the Jews to hear the laughter of children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is more important? It's a Faustian bargain. Yeah. Speaking of Hitler, uh, you guys... <laughs> Have you guys seen the Tumblr that's been going around where somebody <laughs> took a bunch oh, of yes. pictures of Taylor Swift and then wrote Hitler quotes underneath, <laughs> attributing wonderful. them to Taylor Swift? No. It's so wonderful. It's the best. It is. It's so subtle. That's what's yeah. so brilliant about it. So you yeah, read them and you're like, um, yeah, okay. I, they didn't I pick his most. Said that. You could say they didn't pick his most Hitlery quotes. I am Hitler. Hitleriest of them, I think, is like history doesn't make heroes; heroes make history. Yeah. <laughs> Why and you, the fuck would Taylor Swift have said that? Though? Well, you know, she's given to hyperbole from time to time. <laughs> Here are some of the things that are. Uh, let's see. Uh, as in everything, nature is the best instructor. Taylor Swift, <laughs> actually, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Um, actually, now there, now there's been ones people have made that are more... Yeah, it isn't history that makes heroes. It is heroes that make history. Taylor Swift, <laughs> a.k.a. Hitler. Uh, the only preventative measure one can take is to live irregularly. Taylor Swift, but actually Hitler. Um, do not compare yourself to others. If you do so, you are insulting yourself. You like know, Hitler, Hitler had some be, good that ideas. Could have been a diary, yeah. Hitler, do you yeah. know what? Hitler said some sensible things in yeah. those three quotes. In those three quotes, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have one vaguely connected both science slash technology story to the chocolate industry. Oh, um, I like it. Which is the very peculiar joint marketing move. Google has announced the next version of Android, its mobile phone operating system. Will be a chocolate bar. Uh, exactly that. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be called KitKat, Android KitKat, in a, in a deal with Nestle. Uh, this is an Onion article. No money. I know you're not hands. from here. There's no money changing. <laughs> no money changing hands. This is in the BBC, and to be honest, they generally check their facts. So I'm gonna. <laughs> There's fewer uh, misspellings in this article than in the testicle biting fish. Article. I'm gonna assume this is true. Although there is a wonderful, um, I think it's called LiteraryUnbelievable.com. Uh, I, I, while we're looking at funny tumblers, is this the one with people overreacting to Onion articles? This is. It's full of people, oh, mostly yeah. on Facebook. Um, who don't realize that an Onion article is not true. It's funnier <laughs> than the actual Onion, and the Onion's hilarious, but reading people's outrage about those <laughs> headlines. Like, oh, OMG, this is disgusting. Especially the ones that are super, su- like, there's one about, about oh, for the, you know, 100th year in a row wolf attacks, number one killer in America, and has, like, a Photoshop wolf in an office just taking a dude down, and there's people that are like, Obamacare. Like, yeah. <laughs> but my favorite ones on them are the ones where someone in the Facebook comments thread 
goes, uh, this is from The Onion. This is a satire website. And, and the person still like, <laughs> sticks to their guns and goes, like, I don't care who it is. I think this is still disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, white power. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is... Sorry, I will always be a fan of the phrase either way. way. <laughs> Did that for you. Uh, Get back to the Kit Kat yeah. This is, it is, it is a, They're just strange. fans of Kit Kat. Bars, no money's so changed hands, but I presume that it was like a mutual deal between I the two. I a box of Kit Kats out of it in the <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be furious. Kit Kats forever. If it just turns out that like Sergey Brin really likes Kit Kats, that's what it is. <laughs> um, one person did... Um, uh, Simon Myers, a partner at the consultancy Profit, uh, said, if your brand is hooked up with another, you inevitably become associated with that other brand for good or ill. If that brand or business has some reputational issues that emerge, it would be naive to think as a brand owner that your good name, your brand equity, would not be affected. And Nestle, so of course, does have some bad out, history. Well, I know do. people boycott Nestle because of um, their heavily promotion promoting... Um, Baby food, baby powdered family, baby yeah. milk in oh, the third sure. world countries, which okay. is well, aren't like, they part of um, um, R.J. Reynolds? I think Nestle's part of R.J. Reynolds. Maybe a massive giant tobacco conglomerate. Oh, really? That right, quite yeah. possibly. Um, I know, or maybe they're just all owned I mean, by like they're Nabisco. A, right. They're a massive, massive company in their own right. They own a huge number of products, and they might well have merged with other huge companies. Um, but yeah, they they heavily pushed um, baby milk in the third world when um, in the developing countries where water supplies are contaminated and you know the People baby could have, have safe breast formula. milk or right. possibly uh bacterial yeah, yeah. infested cholera infested um, yeah, yeah. water Maybe mixed with baby milk but did they make like a chocolate flavored one oh uh, yeah, yeah i mean it's delicious <laughs> cool but that's that is the thing though is what's what's amazing about nestle is that i remember that being such a big deal in the uk like five six seven years ago they they were just there was no like apology to the best of my knowledge there was no reparations made or anything like that they were just like Chocolate? Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah, it's so nice. We're just going to ride this one out. Yeah. It's, that's like the best PR ever. Maybe I'm so hit confused by what this Kit Kat phone is, though. It's well, just, it's the, just, they're just choosing the, the name new, the new OS. It's just the new version. Right? You know, like the way like the new like Apple operating system is called Snow Leopard, and before that it was right. Tiger or Lion or Mountain Lion or whatever. Um, and the new name of the like the next upgrade to the android operating system will be will be called android kitkat just because kitkat they've just picked good. the name yeah yeah so it's literally as dumb as it's it sounds not gonna be like it's exactly. there's not something i'm missing no no i mean it's not that your phone Phone's will now not be delicious no, <laughs> okay it would be good if you could just press a button on it though and some man has to bring you a kick <laughs> or just liquid chocolate or what you hope is that just starts yeah. to drip out of the phone <laughs> <laughs> just suckling on it on the subway <laughs> Like it's just about, like this sort of dark brown. Do you remember when the Ultimate Warrior sort of bled black stuff out of his mouth? <laughs> That's what I'm just picturing now. No. When when Papa Shango put a curse on him, I can't be the only one who remembers this. Sorry, not a wrestling Where's guy. Where's Brooks? Never got into wrestling. <laughs> I w- I haven't been a f- like into wrestling since the m- like mid '80s to early '90s. Well, so I feel like, like my wrestling knowledge stops pretty much at the Ultimate all, Warrior. Yeah, I was gonna say all it's I know about wrestling is that if I were a wrestling nerd now, I'd be like, "Sweet reference, bro." It's like from the '90s, like, yeah. talking about <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior, who even I've heard of, which uh, which really dates him. So I, I, don't, I haven't heard of a wrestler since about 1993. But, but yeah, a curse was put on him, and black stuff came out of his mouth that what? looked a bit like chocolate. <laughs> it's just sweet. Ugh, like the X-Files. 
Well, did you guys, maybe you weren't wrestling fans, but did anybody watch American Gladiators when that was on? Bits and pieces. We had our gladiators. We had British gladiators. Oh, okay. My Which... sister was once in a pantomime with lightning. Wow. Which, uh, I crushed pretty hard on lightning when I was Lightning was a... Uh, yeah, lightning was... was a, fe- def- a female? Yeah, the uh, best of the gla- female gladiatrix. gladiators. Uh, and a pantomime, again, is probably another thing that you're completely I, unaware of. Yeah, try, yeah. I mean, I know what the word means, but I'm guessing no, it's you a don't. different... No, you not in Britain. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Because no, in America, pantomime is just to mime, like when right. you pretend you're on a phone or something by right. holding a phone up to you, like a fake phone. Fu- Which, like, by the way, you're nailing it right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the good version. For the podcast I'm listeners. doing the good version by just holding a, an imaginary phone, rather than the bad one, version, which is to put your thumb and 90s. little finger out, which improv people will be furious at. Yeah. That is like a Don't do that for a phone! You just hold where a phone would be! <laughs> oh, all right, um, um, but yeah, to pantomime in America is to mime. Uh, a pantomime in Britain is a specific type of show that happens over the Christmas period. period yeah, uh, I think it was a, it was developed out of was it Commedia dell'arte. It came from originally. Yeah, yeah, and that whole tradition Harlequin and the, or something. Yeah, but what it is is they have various different pantomimes. They're sort of classic standards yeah. that are normally variations of fairy tales and classic children's stories. Like there'll be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, or there'll be uh, Puss in Boots. Literally, or those are examples of something. Babes in the Woods. These are examples. You really will. Okay. okay, And so there will be the show. The one my sister did was uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Cinderella is another very popular one. So it's a play. It's a play. It's a play. play, Very specific. Like there's very very specific specific beats and very specific things. Let's see how mad we can get them about this. It's a play. So you're acting out these parts on a stage in front of an audience, telling a story. I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. We have this. Wait, are there characters? and lines and yeah. costumes you and a stage and lighting it. and an audience yes there's all of that stuff but so much more there's so much more Brian what's a minstrel show in England that's probably a thing oh, over it is brilliant <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, pantomime is like it's weird it's, it's, uh, it's hard to explain there are various like there's there specific rules. rules there's a leading lady and a leading man lines. the leading the leading lady like the the female star which is now normally someone from like a soap opera or from a kids show or like a or like a c-list pop star sure uh will play will play the boy will play like the young boy so like okay um yeah uh, so it's a bit of fast then uh, absolutely and then there's the pantomime dames which are older older men playing women Ian McKellen quite famously recently did one Uh, hello Charles and the old Vic (laughs) (laughs) he might say Uh, my one impression playing characters such as Widow Twanky who is a very popular yeah legendary character (laughs) buttons all sorts of things like there are and there's interactive that don't and feature in any of the normal stories and they always they bring kids up there's always bits in the show where they bring kids up on the stage and they'll throw like candy out into the audience and they'll and also and it, there's songs and um, it reinforces all of the worst stereotypes about British comedy as well because 90% of it is um, you know is uh, terrible slapstick uh, is and, terrible slapstick and like sex jokes for the grown ups gotcha. you know it's a lot of who's made a delivery to my back door ha 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 <laughs> it's a bit like <laughs> bum sex yes. I'm <laughs> I'm intimating bumming. <laughs> uh, and they, um, there's always a, yeah, he's behind you is a co- yeah. is one of the things that the audience ah, shouts out at specific times. There's it. always a scene where someone is looking for someone and they they keep appearing the, behind them and then as they look around they disappear. The, at the crocodile, oh, you know, in, in Peter Pan, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, good um, stuff, guys. Loads yeah. of like monologue, like loads of talking to the audience, that kind of thing. And my sister was was in one of these once years ago, but it was a particularly budget production. So they had uh, they had lightning from gladiators. They had someone who used to be in the Australian soap uh, Home and Away, and they had one of the cheaper Nolan sisters. 
That's quite a punchy Which hole. Which is all right. Not a, not a bad the more expensive Nolan sisters? And uh, Colleen Nolan is the most expensive of the Nolan sisters. Yeah. She was the lead singer. Of, uh, of the, the Nolan sisters, which is, a, exactly. which is an Irish Brian pop. And I, I Probably their posh. biggest hit was I'm like, in the mood for dancing. And they're a bit romancing. like romancing. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm in the mood for dancing. Which they found a way to crowbar that into the show at some point. Of course. Uh, so so we ha- she had Anne Nolan, and they did, they did Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but their two big budget cuts were firstly, they couldn't afford actual dwarves. Uh, like, it's a big, like, Christmas is obviously, like, okay. prime, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, that... Prime dwarf time? Little people <laughs> charge the highest... Pr- like, they... Yeah. Little people who are willing to play little people roles. Little people sure. with big prices. Even, like, clean a leprechaun up. will take a dwarf gig at that point. Yeah, so they're... Yeah. Uh, so they clean up. So so they thought, well... Are they You know what looks exactly like... Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> equity. Yeah, actors' equity. Yeah. So what looks very much uh, the same is a group of 10-year-old girls in beards... Mm-hmm. So they put like little fake no, beers on my sister and her and and six other girls, uh, and also did you know that the the classic Seven Dwarf names were created by and are copyrighted by the Disney Corporation? Doesn't surprise me. The original fairy tale just had like Seven Dwarfs. They didn't have the names. Mm. Uh, so Happy, Sleepy, Doc, and so could, on. Could they have the ones? Act out their uh, their respective character traits in accordance with the Disney well, thing without saying their names. Could well, one of them just be falling asleep a lot? I'll, one tell, of you them what, have a I'll tell you exactly what they can do okay. legally: is give them seven different, different but similar <laughs> yeah. names, similar adjectives. Cheerful. There was one. Uh, <laughs> Pediatrician. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The virus. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. Yeah. So that was that was my uh, sister's narcoleptic. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's incredible. Irascible. <laughs> Cunty. <laughs> the Cunty Dwarf. That is another well-known pantomime. Right. <laughs> and quite a good pub, if you're <laughs> ever in East London. <laughs> oh, I fancy a jar down the Cunty Dwarf. Oh, the Cunty Dwarf. Mm, that seems like as good a place as any to wrap it up. It does seem like a perfect place. Um, but... Uh, our various guests. Uh, do you have anything that's coming up that our, our listeners should know about, Brian? Uh, when does this come out? Um, come, come we out might do it this this week. coming Monday. Oh, okay, next Monday. It'll be oh, on um, Monday the ninth. Monday the ninth. I'll just be getting back from a string of gigs in New York City. Nice, perfect. Well, well maybe we'll maybe put out a little bit earlier. If we do put it out a little bit earlier, go and see Brian in New York. When are you uh, competitive be in New York? fan fiction at Union Hall in Brooklyn on the seventh. Um, and then I'm doing Little Fields on the ninth, uh, Wyatt's and Axe Show. After oh, that, nice. then uh, I don't know. I can't think of what if specifically. I'll be in New York on the fifth on Thursday playing uh, Gotham. Oh nice. So I don't know if you overlap with that, but probably not. I think I get it on the seventh. Yeah. No. Uh, and they can find you on Twitter at At Brian Cooking. Brian, Brian Cooking. With a y. Brian with a Y. Uh, so go to at Brian Cooking and Humphrey. Uh, I don't know if there are any British listeners to this show, but you can hear me on Radio 4's The Museum of Curiosity, which starts sometime soon. Uh, check your local listings. Uh, otherwise, can I just urge you to support Liverpool Football Club throughout this upcoming season? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be really rad. And you can also find me on Twitter at the Humphrey Car K E R at the end H U M P H R E Y K E R. I never knew it was pronounced car. I've always said car. Mm, it's a weird, like, Irish name. I apologise for every time I've said your name. That is, no, <laughs> I never bother correcting people, but I sort of stick to pronouncing it correctly myself, which is a real jerk move. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting people use it loads and loads. It's like, more a jerk move. It's car, actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually. 
uh, just, that's just get it right roll. or I won't answer yeah uh, uh, who are you talking to sounds really like me but it's not me <laughs> <laughs> as, as always uh, email us uh, probablyscience at gmail.com or you can tweet us at probablyscience uh, and go to probablyscience.com for episodes and for the donation button and please write nice things about us on iTunes and give us nice ratings and I did mention this last week but we're going to be performing live at the LA Podcast Festival October 4th through the 6th I believe our, our show is on Sunday the 6th but that info is on LAPodfest.com but if you buy a ticket you get to see a whole load you can of get shows. a day ticket or the full weekend pass for I think just $100 and there are 40 podcasts including um, some real biggies right? yeah Fitz Dog Radio Greg Fitzsimmons um, Never Not Funny Doug Loves Movies WTF with Mark Marin. yeah all the biggies Welcome to Night Vale we just added which is the biggest podcast on the comedy charts on iTunes been number one for the last few months they're in the lineup now aisha tyler um just tons of great stuff dork forest of education yeah so lapodfest.com for info on that october 4th through 6th so yeah anyone who is in or near la please do come along to that yep and um yeah keep those donations and ratings and everything coming in and we'll keep and uh, keep listening and spread the word thank you very much nice to be back (laughs) yeah it's great to be back we'll see you guys on a regular basis again and thank you humphrey and brian absolutely you're welcome